This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called How to Pilot Your Business to New Heights. My guest today is Denise O'Donnell. Denise is the founder and CEO of Scope, an agency that gives you an experienced outsourced flight crew to elevate your business. Denise and her team can serve as your chief financial officer, chief operating officer, chief product officer, chief security officer, chief whatever officer. Scope brings C-suite levels of expertise without that million dollar payroll. Denise O'Donnell, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah, very happy to have you. My good, good friend, Michael DeLon, introduced us, and I think he had a great conversation with you on his podcast, if I if I recall. And uh, let's start by asking you, what is SCOPE? SCOPE is an acronym. What does SCOPE stand for? Sure. So that's always a great question. We we use the acronym successful collaboration of partners and entrepreneurs because a lot of times when you're thinking about outsourcing and fractional work, it seems like someone's coming in to take over. And that is not what we we really ever try to do. Right. Our logo is even open ended to show you that we just want to help you around the corner versus yeah. coming in to take over your dream. It's your dream and your vision. So you're going to be the one to execute it, which is why we think of it as a collaborative partnership versus someone coming into your business to take it in a new direction. Yeah, I love that. And and the collaboration that you were most experienced with that grew into Scope was working as an accountant, a chief financial officer or, or fractional chief fi- financial officer for your clients. Tell me, how did your work evolve from the accounting and CFO work to something much broader? Sure. I think for me, I got to work as a CFO in various industries from sort of coal, oil and gas all the way through to higher education. And so sitting in the CFO seat, I had a lot of opportunity to be proactive in the operational area of, of businesses. And that's mainly because a lot of times there's been, you know, a history of not understanding that the CFO and the COO are really two roles. Right. They are they really are if you want your business logistics and systems and processes to flow through to give the financial office the data they need to really then generate you those results driven metrics, then it's hard to, for that to be one person, right? Because you're asking one person to dig all the way down to go to all the way to strategic. And so luckily I kind of had that 
that puzzle uh, driven mind where it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me to dig in and figure out okay how do all these pieces fit together if I just have them all in one place I can make them into hopefully something that forms a, a fully a fully formed puzzle and and flows really nicely among the everything from the finances to the people to the operations and then to the strategy and that vision because ultimately the CEO knows where they want to go we just know how to put the pieces in place to make that happen. Yeah, I love that. I I know someone who has worked as a fractional CFO in, in many businesses does not have the model you have of providing the other range of expertise. And she has told me that sometimes she just wants to scream. She'll be sitting in a meeting. She sees a storm in the horizon or, or the storm has already struck and she has ideas and she has answers and she has experience. And yet her role, at least according to those she's working for, is, oh, just handle the numbers, uh, be an accountant, prepare our books, and not be that strategic collaborator. And uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in, in evolving from someone who was in that limited accounting role to more of the strategic uh, collaborator. Give us some stories about how that evolves and how that has helped. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times from, say, maybe that 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 top of the line leadership role, right, the president, the CEO, wherever their mind is at, they're ultimately always sort of looking forward while make sure, making sure that behind it is all coming towards the vision. And so a lot of times we find that there's not a lot you can do from the financial seat without strong operational procedure. Mm-hmm. There really just isn't. Because I can't drive results from something that's not trackable something that you've never analyzed before, something that you've never really actually tied back to your vision. So we really think about it. If someone's coming in for and screaming at us, well, we need new financials or financial metrics need need updating, those kind of things. We also want to do the diagnostic into the operation to make sure that we can serve the client to, to the ability that we can do our job, but also give them the result they're looking for. Otherwise, they're going to be stuck in the same frustration they are now. Right. Nobody's sitting out there where the where they're, the CEO is going, I, I just I can't get what I want. If they knew the solution, they'd already be doing it. Right. Yeah. And so if you want something different, it means you have to change it. Right. You have to think about it differently. And I think where we start our process is analyzing that vision with the CEO to then build it into targets. Right. That then help us align. Does the operation really have what it takes to meet these targets? If not, where do we need capacity? Where do we need the systems? And if you can really line that out in a way that the CEO can see the why, right, the domino effect, rather than being in that stuck in that one silo, like your friend was experiencing, it's really difficult to operate when you're stuck in the silo, that that's what we offer, right? We want to come in and say, okay, you might want to start here, but you can then add here until you've got all of the pillars that you need. And it doesn't have to be a one, you know, a jump from zero to a hundred, right? Let's start right. it. And if you think you need financial stuff, let us evaluate that to help you because I don't want you to waste your money paying me to do the exact same job that the person you have right now is probably doing for you. They just mm-hmm. can't get what you want because you don't have the the tools or the, the mechanisms in place in order to drive it. Right. Right. But the miscommunication happens, right? Is that someone over here is saying, hey, you need this, but they can't quite then articulate what exactly they need in order to make that flow better for them to produce the outcome that they, they know they can. 
That's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And one of the things that you're really talking about here that's so important that everybody who's listening or watching needs to really tune into is this idea of having metrics and you know the CEO is the the vision creator and 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 the goal setter. But when we talk about goals, you often hear the acronym a SMART goal, a SMART goal specific, and then the M in SMART is measurable. And you're talking about, you know, how are we really measuring success? How do we know what's working, what's not? How do we know what needs to be fixed? How do we know if there is a storm on the horizon? And if you don't have systems in place to measure what matters, you don't know, you're just guessing. And so that role that you're describing of coming in and putting in those systems and having the right metrics and all of that in place is so critical for businesses of of any size yeah I think people kind of forget that right they're so focused on the next part of the result that they're not measuring the progress right. and we all have the vision up here and we're measuring against the failure of where we're not at instead of looking back and going where did I start where am I now what's working what's not yep. and I think something that probably adds in a lot to your world and is that when you're talking about metrics and results we really want to look at and I think this is where it plays to you is that when someone doesn't have enough sales they automatically think they need to go generate more leads instead yeah. of looking maybe at their messaging or retooling the backside of the system to say what's my conversion result here how many people actually look at look at this or you know is it it might not be more in volume there's lots of different levers we can pull but you have no idea that those levers exist if you don't set up the systems in order to be able to have the things in place that let you see that data come back at you yeah it's a really really valuable and important point you made about marketing your business growing your business so there there are so many business people who spend big bucks on lead uh, generation facebook ads search marketing whatever it may be and they think that they have achieved some grand goal when they see traffic go way up but are they measuring how many of those people uh, are actually moving from the website to the sign-up form or the download the ebook form or the sign-up for the webinar form? And then of those who end up on the mailing list or download the ebook or attend the webinar, how many of them engage and how are you measuring engagement? How many of them ultimately become clients? And are you really able to measure the cost of lead acquisition, the cost of client acquisition, the lifetime value of the customer? All of these are really important metrics that are, are part of the grand vision. And then of course, uh, you're looking at operational stuff and cost of service delivery and, and product delivery and all those things. When when you're diving deeper into a business. The, all of this conversation uh, sparks a, a question that I should have asked earlier, which is, uh, who is your ideal client? Who do you, who do you work with most? So primarily we work in the digital solution space. So those from the marketing and branding agencies all the way through to sort of tech and software providers, right? We mm -hmm. look at, um, that's where a lot of a lot of my history comes from. So sort of staying with my expertise because I feel like I mesh well with those clients and under helping them understand why the metrics are important, right? Because I think when you come from the digital space or, the, or you think about digital solutions, a lot of times you're thinking of, well, the system can do it for you. Well, have you built the system? 
system in a way that it generates the result you need it to, right? Those are right. different questions. And I think we can really help people see the, the apples to oranges that they're maybe thinking of, that this is what you met, this is how you measure a metric versus how we might measure a results-driven metric. Mm-hmm. And start to see business owners think in those different, you know, different pillars. They're like, wow, light bulb. I do have to track more than these things. I want to track right. it because it shows me what I'm generating and what's what's growing and what's working and it makes things a lot easier it gets them off this you know ever never ending cycle of I think something's working but I'm not really sure well I'll try this anyway or I'll keep doing this because it might be doing something well let's see if it is doing something and let's make it do something if it's not and you want it to or let's move it away if you don't right let's start making those real-time decisions to make sure that we keep building the sustainability that you want to see for that business and the sustainability can be anything from an exit plan to legacy plan you know um, it really depends what the business owner wants that doesn't matter to us we just want to execute the vision that you have we just want to help you put the building blocks in place to make it happen um that's it's your vision you know you're the one that's going to take it to where you want it to go yep yep so you've described the ceo as the vision maker the goal setter the the leader which of course that role is is critical but oftentimes the ceo is also the lead doer especially the ceo founder you know, they they start a business, they are doing the accounting, they are doing the operations, they're picking up the phone when a client calls, they are wearing all hats and they're slowly delegating or abdicating responsibility just because they get overwhelmed. Very, very common scenario. So what is your message for that business owner who often is in the mode of, I'm the one who knows how to do this. I'm the one who's most capable of doing this. Don't tell me I need to hire somebody uh, to become a fractional chief, whatever. Uh, I guess I'll start by saying, are do you bump into that as much as I suspect you do? And if you do, uh, how do you respond? Yeah, I think everybody has that skepticism of like, as you said, I'm the CEO, I've got it to hear, why would I need to bring anybody in? And we would usually encounter that with sort of two responses. One, your biggest reward will always come from your biggest investment. So what do you want out of it? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think second is more so if I think about it in our in the plane or the pilot scenario, I don't want my pilot moonlighting as a chef while I'm in flight. Right. (laughs) I, I do not want my pilot plunging the toilet because it's broken mid-flight. I do not want my pilot micromanaging my cabin crew because that is absolutely chaotic in a skinny aisle, right? (laughs) And when you think of it like that, if everybody is looking at the tail of the plane, who's looking forward? Right. And so when you get anchored into the day-to-day all the time, the vision will fall by the wayside. The target setting, the results that we're trying to achieve will always fall down. And I'm not saying that CEOs can jump again from zero to 100. I think as we go from that owner-operator mode, right, where you are founder and CEO and visionary and, you know, toilet cleaner all in one, that you begin to start to separate yourself into the more of the owner, less of the operator, but have a job in your business that you know is your responsibility so it doesn't fall by the wayside while continuing the vision onwards but it's really impossible to do that without people by your side right Mm -hmm. 
ultimately it just becomes nigh on impossible. And I think every business owner at some point, whether it's in their growth mode, and we call it the squeeze, right? When you're getting ready to take off again and you need to go to sort of another level, but you're right at the crux of capacity. And we call it the squeeze. And that's the hardest season that you're going to be in in that, in that point of your business, right? And it comes around cyclically, but that squeeze is the hardest part. And once you push the squeeze, you can see that you level up again and push some of those other things down. It's a time investment for you because see if you continue to do it it never goes anywhere else right and if you're trying to get from point a to point b that does take shift in direction it takes shift in you doing things differently and so a lot of times when we when someone has that sort of um wall of well i, I don't i i don't want to give this away because i, I nobody can do it as well as i can then we are, I, I believe you can learn anything from the right teacher. So if you've got the right teacher and the right person in place, then why can't you step away from that? Because it's going to be your ultimate downfall, right? I mean, even Mozart had a backup band. He couldn't do it all. <laughs> right. So, right? Even the best people in the world have support. And I think it just comes, there comes a point when you get to, you know, your journey as a CEO where you realize it isn't, it, it can't be all about where you want it to go unless you plan to stay small. And that is okay. Right. Nobody yeah. is saying that you have to go all the way up here if you don't want to. Absolutely don't do that. Do what you want to do, right? Because that's where you'll see the most success in your life and in your in your professional career. But yeah. if you're looking to go from A and scale up, then you have to eventually think about the point where you are willing to bring in support so that it gets you there. Yeah, and and it's not just about averting disaster and and you know crashing the plane to extend that metaphor. It's also about fulfilling the life that you as the CEO and the owner want to achieve. So it, it, it's about taking weight off your shoulders. It's about escaping the hamster wheel. It's about uh, coming to work in an environment where you can trust the people around you because things have been delegated and there are systems in place that are helping to operate the business. It's not always relying on you, the boss, to have all have all of the answers. So this, this is an investment in fulfillment, personal fulfillment for those who have been carrying all that weight. So I, I really think it's a valuable thing that you do. And, and I know people who are listening and watching could benefit from this. So I, I imagine also that every engagement is a little bit different. So tell us what happens when the phone rings or a form is filled out, you get, you get contacted by that business owner who says, tell me more. What happens next when you begin an engagement pre-sale with a business owner? Yeah, so our customer journey sort of comes in at the once we do the we call it the diagnostic call, right? Your your pre-flight check, right? We mm -hmm. want to really give you what 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 are you going to get if you come on board with scope? What does that look like? What avenues can we go down? You know, we really do a lot more listening on that call than we do anything else, so that mm -hmm. we can then come back to the client more. And we can usually do it on the call unless they have something super specific that they need mm -hmm. us to really sit down and dig into. But we listen to what they need. And then the first step after that is to actually go through our diagnostic process. And the reason for that is when you're coming on at the C-suite level, we want to diagnose where you need the most help so you're not putting your funds to something that's not going to generate you the result. 
And so we can see from the diagnostic tools and ultimately it's what the client wants. So we're just going to go back with the recommendation that if you're coming to us for help on your operation, but you don't have any people capacity to take any more on, we've really got to have that conversation, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't want you to waste, you know, $10,000, on a system or whatever you're trying to put in when you've got nobody that has any, that doesn't have any skills or any real capacity or want to learn this. Thing, mm -hmm. right and so mm -hmm. that becomes a to me that becomes well do you want to waste your money on a software that's not going to get you the result because you don't have someone to manage it or do you want to invest in this the either the skill generation right the continued professional education for someone on your current team to do it if they want to or do you want to build more capacity around what you're trying to do and sometimes you know the client's like no i want to go with the system okay well we will do that but you're yeah. you've we kind of look at it like a bar still right you've got you've got three components you've got time you've got quality and you've got price and whichever one you choose the other two are going to be the sacrificial lambs right so if you if you want to get something for no money you know really cheap then your quality is probably going to be pretty bad and it might take a long time to get it if you want to do it if you want to do it really quickly then it's going to cost a lot but your quality might sacrifice some because you're rushing to the finish line right mm -hmm. Or do you want the quality? If you want the quality, then that's going to be high price. And, you know, if you want it fast, then it's going to be even higher cost, right? So we try and explain that to the client of what is it you're, what, what do you want, right? Again, it's not for me to decide what you want. What do you want out of this? Because mm -hmm. businesses can generate success in many ways. And that idea of success is different to every individual. So that's what we're really listening for there. What is your idea of success so that then we can put the recommended pathway in or give you several scenarios to say, this is what gets you there the quickest. This is what gets you there the most economical. This is what gets you there with the best quality. Where yep. do you want to go? And we take it there, you know? Um, yep. And after that diagnostic, then it's really up to you what package you choose and we go from there. Yeah, and, and that question, where do you want to go? is a really critical question. And I know from my experience working with business owners that sometimes where they wanna go is not exactly where they say they wanna go. Sometimes you need a co-pilot just to help you hone the vision. Yeah. And so that's another benefit of doing this kind of work, going through a process, beginning to look at the numbers. All of a sudden you realize, oh, you know, really my destination is over here when I thought it was over here. So yeah. it, it's a really valuable process that, that just that initial diagnostic process is a very, very valuable thing. So, so for someone who wants to get in touch with you, where do they begin? They can certainly go to our website, which is just www.scopecfo.com. You can always email us at helpdesk at scopecfo.com. And then obviously our phone number is on our website, but that is 502-206-502. Anything, anything else, uh, any place else they could go, connect with you on social, any, yep. anything like um, that? At Scope CFO is our handle across all platforms. And then you can find me, Denise, at Scope CFO again on every other platform. Beautiful, beautiful. Any parting thoughts, Denise? If, if anyone takes anything away from the financial side of things, I think for CEOs, they should always be budgeting based on their worst day because then they know that when success is there, they have the abundance to do what they need. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Denise O'Donnell. Thank you very much. Very valuable insights. Please, if you liked what Denise had to say, go check her out on social, on her website. All those places will be listed in the show notes. 
and connect with her and, and initiate that diagnostic process with her so that you can put the co-pilots in the cockpit with you so you can elevate your business and pilot it to greater success. If you liked what you heard or watched today, please go and to your favorite podcast platform. Give us a five-star review. That's a great way for others to discover this podcast, discover Denise, discover the Story Power Marketing Show. It's your way of, of sort of giving a gift to the world and saying, this is great content. I enjoyed it. Here it is. Also, if you want free resources, emails, anything related to how to create captivating content, transform your content from prospect repelling to client attracting, go to storypowermarketing.com, sign up for our emails, download some free resources, and reach out to me, Tom, at storypowermarketing.com. I answer the emails directly. I don't delegate it to some assistant across the globe who says I'm Tom's assistant and he asked me to reach out to you. No, email me. I'll reply. Denise, one last time. Thank you again. Very valuable stuff. And I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs>